developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley till the end of the month. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. On today's show, we're going to talk to Dr. Stephanie Smith, the Chief Veterinarian Office or Officer with the province, about the avian flu. Another case has been confirmed in Saskatchewan. We're also going to be talking to Brad Marcinick about the cattle markets, an update on what happened last week. And also, we're going to be talking to a pair of agri journalists about the Ukraine-Russia war. That's all coming up with the farm weather resource report and market update all in their usual spots. We'll be right back after this. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has detected another case of avian influenza in the province. We chatted with Dr. Stephanie Smith, the province's chief veterinarian officer. It was just last week that we chatted about the animal health order and what that meant for poultry producers. But what has now changed um, since we last spoke? Sure, yes. So unfortunately, we have had two detections. A Canadian Food Inspection Agency has indicated they found high-pass avian influenza in a small flock in the RM of Moose Mountain, as well as in a commercial poultry flock in the RM of Lorburn. So we've had those two detections so far. Canadian Food Inspection Agency, or CFIA, is our lead response agency. So they're dealing with the the on-site response. Um, For ourselves, we are supporting CFIA as well as the poultry industry as needed through through this response. With another case being confirmed, does that mean anything different for poultry producers? Right. I mean, the the biggest thing here, Tanner, is that we continue to see a high level of biosecurity. Again, trying to prevent it getting into your flocks is the best thing we can do right now. So following those same best best management practices, making sure you're doing your due diligence as, as a poultry owner to try and keep that disease out. And of course, as soon as you detect anything of concern, getting in touch with your veterinarian or the Canadian Food Inspection Agency is, is key right now. Anytime there's an outbreak like this, consumers always get worried. So is there anything of note? Is there any danger for consumers? For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important for consumers to be aware there is no food safety concern when it comes to avian influenza. So those products are still safe to eat. Um, However, it is just important to know for the public that there is a a low risk of of concerns with, with the disease being transmitted to humans. It's pretty rare, a rare occurrence that this occurs. Primarily, we see that risk in the, in the population that would be 
in direct contract with birds. So so poultry owners or, or, or commercial flock owners would be the ones more at risk if their flocks were impacted by avian influenza. Um, so certainly for anyone that has concerns about their flocks, do report it and, and you can certainly conduct with your healthcare professional if you have any concerns about your personal health. We've seen now two cases here in Saskatchewan. I think a total of 12 have been confirmed in Alberta. I think just a couple in Manitoba have been suspected. Any idea as to what the future might hold in terms of this kind of avian flu outbreak? Oh, it's a little bit hard to speculate on that, honestly. We, we know that the risk is quite high. So, so we see high levels of disease within the wildlife population. Um, and, and as you mentioned, you know, across, across the various provinces, there's, there's varied levels of, of number of cases impacting wildlife, small flocks, and commercial poultry flocks. So certainly the, the risk is here and the risk is high. And it will continue to be so throughout the migration period here. So for the next couple of months is when we really want people to, to do their best to try and mitigate any risks and will be on high alert in terms of how it could occur going forward it really does depend on those on those flocks so how well they're able to maintain biosecurity um, will be a critical piece there it is important to note uh, we have seen even in other cases across Canada and in the U.S. that even those premises that have some good biosecurity all it takes is a, is a very small uh, small impact or, or, or a wild bird to get in and we can easily have that virus uh, come into the barn so you know it's just it's just again important to know we got to maintain those really high biosecurity standards to do our best to keep that that disease out and dr smith is there anything else you want to add or touch on of note for either consumers or producers sure yeah i mean a couple key things are again we're, we're in the middle of the migratory season here so for the next couple months you know be, be on high alert do what you can in terms of your due diligence for biosecurity follow the animal health control area order keep your birds at home for the, for the time being don't bring them out to any any shows or sales or, or mixing in with others um really recommend again if, if people own small flocks maybe don't have them come and visit yours try and mitigate those risks of any disease spread right into those flocks um, I'd also just like to mention, you know, considering our own mental health. You know, we've, we've already just been through a pandemic. Now we're dealing with another disease response, particularly for people that may have their flocks impacted. We know that this can be a very significant impact on our own mental health, on producers' mental health. So I do just want to make note of our farm stress line. You know, if, if anyone has concerns or, or, or questions or, or needs some support, please do connect with that line and find support for yourselves. You're not alone in this. And we do want to recognize, you know, again, this this can be a big impact on you so, so stay in touch and use the resources that are out there that was dr stephanie smith the government of saskatchewan's chief veterinarian officer with the ministry of agriculture back to saskatchewan agriculture today with jim smalley on 620 ckrm this portion is brought to you by prairie six inch eavesdrops an inch makes a big difference prairie eavesdrops.ca and by prairie co-op grow team fueling farms feeding families in cupar atuma lipton and strasburg with an update on the saskatchewan cattle prices from this past week provincial livestock economist brad marciniak compiled the latest market outlook for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Feeder steer prices last week were mixed but lower in most weight categories, with prices of feeder steers ranging between $175 and 50 cents in the heavyweight 900 plus pound weight category to $240 and 17 cents per hundred weight in the lightweight three to 400 pound weight category. Price changes were $2 and 64 cents per hundred weight lower 
to three dollars and thirty cents per hundredweight higher from the previous weeks. The largest price gains over the week were seen in the eight to nine hundred pound feeder stairway category, while the biggest price declines over the week were in the six to seven hundred pound feeder stairway category. Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices were primarily lower over the week, except the four to five hundred pound feeder heifer weight category, which did have a small increase. Price changes did range from a dollar sixty-five lower to eighty cents per hundredweight higher. The four to five hundred pound feeder heifer weight category had the only price increase and averaged $206.58 per hundredweight, while the six to seven hundred pound weight category had the biggest price decline of $1.65 to average $185 per hundredweight. And what were the factors? Well, again, feeder steer prices were relatively mixed last week. We did see some small changes only. I think the biggest thing was Western Canadian feed prices for barley were unchanged from the previous week, so kept things relatively same. Uh, we did see U.S. corn prices move higher. U.S. feeder markets in general were steady last week, and that was helped by a stronger U.S. cash-fed market. And what were the marketings? Canfax reported a total of 10,476 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week, and that was up from 7,918 head the previous week and above 10,760 head marketed during the same week a year ago. Seasonally, we do expect lower cattle marketing here over the short term. And what happened with market-ready cattle prices? Call prices continue to be very strong. The price of D2 slaughter cows increased $2.01 per hundredweight to average $100 per hundredweight last week, while the price of D3 slaughter cows increased $4.67 per hundredweight to average $90.17 per hundredweight last week. The U.S. fed cattle market moved higher last week with the live weighted average weekly price increasing 1.6%, helped by improved beef cutout values. The fed cattle price for Alberta fed steers was reported at $165.20 per hundredweight, and that was up $1.91 from $163.29 per hundredweight the previous week. And I guess what is the outlook? I think the biggest thing looking forward is where will feed prices and supplies go. Again, last week, Lethbridge barley prices were steady, while we did see U.S. cash and futures corn prices move higher. Higher fed, fed cattle prices have enabled some of the increased costs to be pushed forward. Live fed prices were up 1.6% last week and up 15% year-over-year, whereas what we did see beef cut of values have kind of lagged and down slightly from a year ago. The cooler spring weather has lately delayed the grilling season, but lower supplies of competing meats such as pork moving forward should really help beef prices remain strong into the spring and into the summer. That was provincial livestock economist Brad Marciniak, who compiled a weekly cattle market outlook for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. One of the things that we need to be making sure we're aware of and in the back of our mind is which products we're using related to which crops and, and and what's the do's and the don'ts. For a number of years, you've probably heard about Keep It Clean and that campaign. Here to talk about some new additions or things to be aware of for the 2022 season is Greg Bartley. He's Director of Crop Protection and Crop Quality at Pulse Canada. For people that maybe haven't heard of Keep It Clean, what is Keep It Clean? Sure, yeah. So, Keep It Clean is a, is a joint initiative between uh, Pulse Canada, Sears Canada, Canola Council of Canada, the Prairie Oak Growers Association, uh, that provides growers and agronomists with resources for growing market-ready crops. 
So this includes information on potential market risks uh, associated with crop protection products and how to mitigate these risks, but also information on things like uh, crop diseases and proper grain storage and, and what growers can do to ensure that uh, these things don't impact the marketability of their crop. Great stuff. Now you've got some new additions for this coming year when it comes to products and crop types. Uh, let's go through them. For sure, yeah. So Keep It Clean just released our 2022 product advisory. So uh, as you mentioned, there's there's a couple of new additions. So first off, uh, for cereal growers, there's a, a fungicide product, Fluo uh, Pyrum, commonly known as Preserve Pro. Uh, that's new for this year. So it's being classified as uh, red, do not use for malt barley. So directing growers uh, not to use this uh, product for, for malt barley. And the uh, yellow being formed for barley use uh, for food or feed use. So it's recommended that barley growers uh, confirm their contract obligations and the market acceptance uh, of this product before using it on barley for food or feed use. Uh, for pulse growers, there's a, a new herbicide uh, product this year on the, the advisory, Sethoxidum. Uh, so this is uh, Post Ultra. Uh, so Sethoxidum is classified as a yellow being formed for lentils and chickpeas uh, due to potential MRL changes in the European Union. Now, we don't know the timeline for when this MRL change is going to happen, so we've, we've taken a proactive approach uh, to direct growers, uh, direct pulse growers, not to use Sethoxam on lentils and chickpeas if these crops are going to be exported to EU. So to determine that, it's important to, to talk to your grain buyer uh, before using Sethoxam on lentils and chickpeas, uh, just to ensure the, the acceptance of this uh, product, uh, this growing season, uh, before using it. Now, for some growers, they're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just following the label, so if I'm following the label, am I in line or are these additional requirements over top of something that would necessarily be on the label? Yeah, that's a good point, Sean. So we, we obviously it's always always important to, to follow, read and follow the label directions, you know, application rate, timing, PR sensible. But, but this goes beyond that. Um, we kind of classify what goes in this product advisory as what we call as acceptable pesticides. So this is obviously pesticides that are registered for use in Canada, which, you know, obviously they are but also products that won't create a, a market risk. And, and that's where the label doesn't give that information. So what this advisory does is tries to provide that clarification on the registered product here in Canada that poses that market risk and then provide direction on, you know, do you need to talk to your buyer? Do you simply need, uh, don't use that product if there's going to be um, MRL risk associated, associated with it into our export market? It's, it's export market related so whether you're in Eastern Canada or Western Canada, it, if you're going to those markets with these crop types, you need to be aware of these products. That, that's, it, there's no East-West divide here. It's essentially driven by the export market. Exactly, yeah. No, so it's, it's the emeralds associated in the export market that we need to be aware of. I'd say the differentiation between Eastern and Western Canada is, is the, the possible different registrations of products between East and West. Uh, so, for example, in advisory, you'll see for, for glyphosate uh, on pulses, you know, there's a Western uh, classification and an Eastern classification just due to the differences between uh, how those products are registered and the crops are registered on. So, um, even though there's differences in products and how they're registered in Eastern Western Canada, it doesn't impact the, the export markets and that the MRLs and the export markets uh, that we, they, we need to be aware of. Now, there may be a bit of an inclination here, Greg. I'm one person. Who's going to know? What, what, what is the ramifications of that kind of attitude or thought? Yeah, that, that's going to get us in trouble. Um, you know, what happens on a, a single farm or a single field does 
does matter and that that can be detected. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 3521866 and Moose Jock Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejocktruckshop.com. Today there's periods of light snow with a high of plus 2 and the wind gusting to 70 kilometers an hour. Tonight the periods of light snow are going to continue with them ending this evening with a low of minus 3 and wind chill of minus 9 overnight. Tomorrow light snow in the morning that switching to snow mixed with rain in the afternoon with a high of 3 and wind chill of minus 9 in the morning with a low of minus 3 tomorrow night. On Thursday there's a high of plus 2 with a low of minus 2 and more snow set to fall. Friday snow and rain with a high of plus two and a low of minus two and on saturday more snow will be falling with a high of plus one and a low of minus two the normal high for today is plus 14 and the normal low is minus one sunrise was at 5 57 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 7 58 Around the province at this hour, in Estevan, it's minus 4, Yorkton, minus 3, Swift Current sits at even, Moose Jaws, minus 1, Weyburn at minus 2, and in Regina, it's also even. We'll be back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, which is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Canadian Farm Riders Federation hosted an event on the war between Russia and Ukraine and its global impact. Agriculture journalists from across the country participating, including Kevin Hirsch from Saskatchewan and Gord Gilmore from Manitoba, who is the editor of the Manitoba Cooperator. Hirsch says fertilizer prices were already rising quickly before the Russian invasion, and this has just added more fuel to the fire. Most grain producers will have bought their fertilizer and have the supply already in place. And if they don't, they could be in difficulty with it. it. It's not that in Western Canada we can't get supply. It's just that retailers don't want to be holding fertilizer that's at sky-high prices that may not sell this spring. And then what happens to the prices after that? When you're at $1,350 for urea, which is 4600 phosphate fertilizer at $1,500 a ton, those are prices approximately double what they would have been last year at this time, and, and they're record high prices. So unlike central and eastern Canada, which I understand gets a lot of its nitrogen fertilizer from Russia, that is a, a homegrown supply here. Nitrogen fertilizer doesn't come from Russia for Western Canada, but the market is still very influenced by world events. We have seen substantial price increases for all crops. Hirsch provides an example for one of the smaller commodities, brown mustard. 
what looked like a good price when it was being grown or when it was priced long ago, but the price now is $2 a pound, which is $100 a bushel for brown mustard. Now, some of that might, some of that's the drought in Saskatchewan, but Russia also produces some mustard and, and sells it to Europe. Most brown mustard goes to Europe for the production of Dijon mustard. Ukraine and Russia account for about 30% of the world wheat exports, and any reductions will mean higher prices and shorter supplies for some customers. You might look at Russia and say, well, they'll grow a normal crop, but most of the large export-oriented grain farms in Russia, as I understand it, are very reliant on imported inputs that just may not happen. Plus, even if they have ports open, how many insurance companies will cover ships going to those ports to pick up product? Then if you look at Ukraine's production and all the question marks around what they will be able to produce, what they will be able to export, it suddenly changes the whole dynamics of of world markets everywhere. And as news comes about, oh, maybe there's going to be a ceasefire, maybe there's going to be an agreement, grain prices, especially wheat prices, tend to bounce around on that. But I really expect this to be a a long-lasting conflict with with long-lasting effects. Hirsch is concerned about food security and some less wealthy nations in the coming months. Grain exports going a lot to the Middle East and African nations. What happens when food prices escalate there or food is in short supply? We've seen this before and and it's not been a a pretty picture when people can't get the food that that they need to survive. After the break, we'll hear more about an agriculture journalist and his accounts of what's happening in Ukraine. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A Ukrainian agriculture journalist is providing an inside look at how the ongoing war is affecting farmers in the war-torn country. Igor Pavliuk has been writing articles with the first-hand accounts of what it's been like over the past couple of months. Gord Gilmore is the editor of the Manitoba Cooperator and has been in contact with Pavliuk. I uh, have been uh, privileged to work with a Ukraine agriculture journalist, uh, a gentleman named Ihor Pavliak. Uh, he's at Zashkiv, about 150 kilometers south of uh, Kiev, and thankfully on the west side of the Dnipro River, which is uh, a relatively safe zone. He comes, however, from a uh, small uh, community art on the eastern side of the uh, country near the Russian border, where his father still lives and farms. And his father has uh, so far been okay, but uh, the, the nearby village was invaded and uh, essentially flattened. Gilmore says that Pavliuk's stories are varied. He has talked a little bit about the challenges the uh, farmers in the area are facing and uh, what they are trying to do to put a crop in this year. At the same time, they are trying to uh, support their armed forces. He uh, did one story uh, that talked about the farmers in the area who were uh, fixing tanks and other armored uh, implements so that they could get back to the battlefront in their shops. The ones that weren't close enough for that were doing things like feeding the troops. They were canning food and shipping it to the front. Others were, uh, believe it or not, building uh, uh, homemade autoclaves in their uh, workshops so that they could send them off to field hospitals. About 15% of Manitoba and Saskatchewan residents have a Ukrainian heritage. Yilmore says Pavliuk's stories have been generating a lot of online clicks because many farmers have great empathy for their Ukrainian counterparts. 
if you're not Ukrainian, you certainly know a lot of Ukrainians if you've been living and working and uh, making a life here in Manitoba. The uh, the population in uh, Saskatchewan kind of breaks down along similar lines. It's slightly smaller. So this is very real for farmers here. And even the ones that aren't from Ukraine, I think they tend to identify with the farmers there because it's a very familiar type of agriculture. It's uh, an export-oriented grain economy on the farm there. And uh, that's something that's very familiar for them. While the Russia-Ukraine war is on the other side of the world, it's impacting farmers here with both higher grain prices and higher fertilizer prices. You know, they're dealing with a year where there are big numbers on both sides of their balance sheet all of a sudden. You know, they potentially could make a lot of money based on what's going on in the grain markets. But boy, the cost of inputs have really skyrocketed. And that's, I think, pretty concerning for them. I was talking to one fellow I know a while back, and uh, he said he ran his numbers uh, past his accountant while he was doing his taxes just to kind of get a handle on things. And the accountant looked at the numbers and just uh, looked up from the projected costs and said to him, uh, basically, well, you're either going to make a lot of money this year or you're going to lose a lot of money this year. But I don't see a lot of middle ground. So, you know, they're going into the season with a lot of risk in the air uh, for them personally. Gore Gilmore is the editor of the Manitoba Cooperator. He was one of several journalists participating in an online forum organized by the Canadian Farm Writers Federation. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Your Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Talman Lumber. Purchase your weather all winter. All weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th, and you'll save 15%. And brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia in Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. With a look at the markets, Durham remained the same at 551. Feed barley also remained the same at 362. Canola up. Canola went up seven and a half points to eleven hundred from yesterday's closing grain prices. Flax stayed the same at twelve ninety one. Lentils the same at nine thirty two. Oats the same at three ninety one. Yellow peas and feed wheat also stayed the same. Yellow peas came in at six twenty eight. Feed wheat at three seventy eight. One red spring wheat went up nine and a half to five seventeen. That's a look at your market update. We'll have your livestock quotes next. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of April 19th. Our last regular sale was on April 13th. Lots of consigners backed out due to the storm. That that didn't affect the market. Cows and bulls were strong. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.10. D3 cows sold from $0.80 cents to $0.95. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1 to $1.20. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on April 11th for 50 to 500 pound steers average. $2.35 and sold up to $2.48. 500 to 550-pound steers average $2.33 and sold up to $2.48. 550 to 600-pound steers average $2.28 and sold up to $2.45. 600 to 650-pound steers average $2.18 and sold up to $2.34. 650 to 700-pound steers average $2.14 and 
is sold at the $2 at 33 cents. 700 to 800 pound steers average $2 at 4 cents and sold up to $2 at 24 cents. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.92 and sold up to $2 at 3 cents. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.45 and sold up to $1.74. Heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Coming up next... It's the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and buy Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco Land Rollers and tillage equipment. A Saskatchewan egg company has pleaded guilty to one violation of occupational health and safety regulations. Blair's Crop Solution pleaded guilty to contraventing clause and was fined $125,000 plus a surcharge of $50,000. The charges stem from a workplace incident that occurred on March 24th of 2020 at a work site near Limpton, Saskatchewan, where a worker was located deceased under a tractor. On the markets, the TSX is up 85 points to 21,963. The Dow Jones is up 418 to 34,830. And oil is down $5.54 to $102.67 per barrel. The Canadian dollar has dropped 7 one-hundredth of a cent at $79.23 U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I'm Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.